The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Please join with me in a word of prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you for your faithfulness, for the word that you have given to us, and your love that was poured out for us on the cross at Calvary, for you paid for our sins so that we might be forgiven. So bless this time that we have this day to hear these words, to be reminded that there are people who don't yet know or believe in you, who you place in our lives. So we have opportunities to live and share your love, your word with them. May your spirit be at work in our lives and in theirs too. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Last week, uh, Pastor Dan introduced our four-part vision series, and he, he looked at it from this perspective. The question was, first of all, why? Why is it that we are embarking on this new vision? That's really not all that different than what we have been seeking to do throughout our ministry and throughout our lives in sharing the love of Jesus Christ with other people. But what we are about to do embarking on this new vision, this new journey, if you will, is taking a look as he looked at last week, Psalm 96. Psalm 96 is all about praising God and why God is to be praised why God is to be honored, and what our hope and goal is that others who are yet to hear and believe in him in our area might indeed believe in him. Because Jesus Christ died on the cross for them just as much as he died on the cross for us. And so today we're going to take a look at the question of who. Who are the people who are yet to hear about Jesus, who are yet to praise Jesus for his love and his faithfulness to them, that they may know that God is a God who is truly worthy to be praised and honored, people who need to know that Jesus loves them, that he truly cares about them. Because our world has changed. The society in which we live it's changing so drastically from what many of us grew up with. So that there are many people who no longer see Christianity in a positive light, but instead would rather turn their backs on God and Jesus Christ. And see, those of us who truly believe that God's word is the truth to guide our lives, but most of all, to give us this hope of Jesus Christ. Many of them will no longer just joyfully come into the doors of a church or talk with Christians. And so we as Christians need to love them, and many of us need to go to them and develop relationships with them and friendships. So we are about looking today at who these people are that live closer to us or who interact with us in our daily lives. And so the question of who is a big question. Who are these people? 
And interestingly enough, they're not new in a matter of speaking. There have been people like this all along, and many of us may have even been like one of these people. You know the story that we heard in our gospel reading today. It's a story about this wee little man named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, who had been raised as a child of God, but who had decided to turn away from God and become a tax collector. Now, tax collectors in those days were, were people who actually took money away, collected money from their own countrymen to give it to the occupying force, the enemy, if you will. And they could collect as much money as they wanted. Well, Zacchaeus had heard about Jesus. How he had heard about Jesus, what he had heard about Jesus, we really don't know. But what we do know is that he had decided that hearing about Jesus, he wanted to go and see him. And so being a little short guy, he had to climb up in a tree so that he could, in fact, see Jesus. And he ran ahead to see him. And any respectable man in that day and time would never have run. But he chose to run because he wanted to get there. He wanted to get in that tree and be able to see Jesus. And Zacchaeus got a lot more than he could have ever imagined. Because Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come on down. I want to go to your house today. You see, Zacchaeus didn't have hope prior to that. He didn't have faith in God prior to that. He didn't know or believe he was forgiven. He just did what he did to make more money. Now, to be told that he, Jesus wanted to go into his house and eat with him that night, was a very special honor for Zacchaeus. Because if somebody like Jesus or anybody said, I want to eat with you, or you invited somebody over to their house, you were saying that you wanted to become their friend. You wanted to have a relationship with them. You would not sit down and eat with anybody that you did not like. And so it was. The special honor was given to Zacchaeus. That Jesus, a person who should never, according to the religious leaders, never have sat down to eat with a man like him. But Jesus was different, of course. And that's why Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. And he went. And Zacchaeus was so moved by Jesus' love for him, his care, we don't know what all Jesus said to him, but what we do know is how Zacchaeus responded. He said, I'm going to give up to half of all that I have to the poor. Isn't it amazing what can happen when a person who is not a believer suddenly becomes a believer? All of a sudden, they become transformed. Their lives are changed. Their life has meaning. They have joy in their life. And they realize that many of the things that are going on in their world, things that they thought were important, no longer are. Here, take half of it and use it for the poor. And if I've cheated anybody, I'll give them back four times the amount. What a change. What a transformation took place 
in this man's life. It was a radical change, a radical transformation. And that's why we have these most important words. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus came to seek and to save the people who are lost, who don't have a relationship with him that will save them. And Jesus has put people on this earth, people in this very room, you and me, to go and to seek and to save those who are lost in his name and to share his love with them. Because this verse encapsulates truly the words of Jesus in Luke's gospel. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. No one expected Zacchaeus to receive anything from God that day. But what he received was what he needed. He was more lost, if you will, than most people because he was an outcast. None of the Jewish people really wanted to talk to any of the tax collectors. Now, they were seen as people who were far gone. Let's not have anything to do with them. He knew what he was doing by collecting more money than he really needed to collect from his own countrymen to pay off the Romans, but he did it anyway. But something happened that moved him to go and see and listen to Jesus. And it makes me wonder that as he was up in that tree and looking out with the people who were there with Jesus coming along, if he didn't see a guy by the name of Matthew, also known as Levi, one of Jesus' disciples who had been a tax collector. Maybe Zacchaeus even said, boy, that guy was a scum of the earth. How could he be a follower of Jesus? And yet he was. And so Zacchaeus could see this guy gives hope and obviously changes people's lives. You know, Jesus is truly an amazing God because he doesn't fit into any categories that people would expect. Now, Jesus hung out literally with people who nobody wanted to hang out with. He hung out with these outcasts. He even ate with them. He ate with tax collectors. He ate with prostitutes. He came to die for them just as much as he came to die for you and me. These are the kind of people Jesus came for. I once heard a story about a small church on the West Coast that was about 60 years old. They wanted to change and reach people who did not know Jesus. So they began to connect with some of the people who lived near their church building. And they were quite successful in the fact that there were about 30% of their congregation grew then the next couple of years with them being a part and joining their congregation. But there seemed to be a problem. The problem was that these new Christians who were coming into the church were different from them. They had tattoos. 
They had colored hair. They didn't dress up for worship, and some of them were homeless. So what happened to all of these modern-day outcasts is that the old guard of the church said, we don't want these people to be a part of us anymore. So they closed down everything that was going on because they liked doing church the way they had been. It was much different than what Jesus modeled for them. Now they liked the idea of the church growing. They liked the vision of touching the lost with the gospel. They even liked the idea of reaching the outcasts. But ideas can be held at arm's length. If the outcasts live in a different part of the city and we can call a seminarian to start a church and a minister with them, well, that's a good thing. And it's even better if they live in a different country and we can send missionaries there and, and maybe even now and then we'll even do a servant event and go and help them. That's a good thing too. But when they are near us and become a part of us, it makes it so much harder. It's tough sometimes to change and to welcome people who are different than many of us in the way they live, but similar to us in the, in the fact that they are sinners for whom Jesus Christ died just like us. So what does Jesus expect of you and me? He expects us to become friends with people that he places in our lives. We as a church can oftentimes become uncomfortable with people who simply want a friend, who need a friend. People who are radically different from us, who don't fit the bill for a normal, upstanding, church-going individual. But that's why Jesus came, to seek and to save the lost. You know, Jesus is really the best model for ministry for us. Jesus was called the friend of sinners. He wasn't a missionary to them. He was a friend to them. A friend. A friend is somebody who develops a relationship with people. Somebody who will spend some time with them and share their life with them. In Jesus' day, it was about eating with people, having conversations with people, and getting to know them, spending extended time with them. Jesus didn't see them as a ministry project, as somebody to reach out to them so that he could check off, oh, I reached one, and I did what I was supposed to do. No, he loved them as friends simply because that's what he was sent to do same thing that God has sent us to do, to love and share his love with people that they too may believe in him. This past summer, and, or actually September, 
I was uh, one of 60 people that were randomly chosen to become a part of a jury pool. And so I took this picture off the internet. It's actually out of California, but it gives you an idea. I was down in Ramsey County Courthouse, so if any of you have ever been in a part of the jury pool, you understand what that means. 120 people got the letters, but 60 of us were actually called up to be a part of this jury pool because it was going to be a criminal case. And one of the things I discovered is that when you are part of a jury pool, they take your cell phone, and so you really don't have a whole lot of anything to do other than talk to people or sit by yourself, although some people actually did keep their phones. It's a long story. Bottom line is, it gave me an opportunity to get to know some people that I didn't know who live in Ramsey County. And variety of people were asking questions. We talked with one another. We listened to one another. And it was a rather fascinating discussion as time went on. Because on the third day, one of the men asked me the question, so what do you do? See, I didn't say anything about who I was or what I do. I just kind of asked questions. I thought this was a good opportunity. And then I said, well, I'm a pastor. And he said, well, I'm an agnostic. And that was a really interesting discussion that we had along with other people because most people don't answer that way. And since that time, I've also developed a friendship with another young man that continues to grow. You never know who God is going to place in your life, who you will be able to get to know and share Jesus' love with. It starts with being a friend. That's what Jesus calls us to do. And so it is, my dear sisters and brothers in Christ, we continue to seek to be friends and pray that God will indeed give us words and actions to show love and care. When Jesus arrived at Zacchaeus' house, he was acting as the Messiah, as one who came to change the world, to be different than what the world expected. He did not come with power or authority or money or influence that so many people in the world thought that the Messiah should do and be. Instead, he came in a simple way to love people, to be humble and simple and depend upon the Father and go about the ministry that God had called him to do. That gave him the ability to be a friend to the friendless. As disciples of Jesus here at South Shore Trinity, you and I have been called by God to be his witnesses. In our into the people in our lives. And now I want to share with you, this is the vision that was adopted by the voters in our congregation in January. With the hope of reaching those not yet following Christ, and that's the important part. This is talking about the people who aren't here yet. We still are going to be very much involved in the ministry we have here of hearing the word of God, worshiping, studying God's word, 
enjoying fellowship with one another, serving, and so forth. So those are all important for us as a church to continue. But this is also what we seek to do, and that's to reach the people out there who are yet to hear and believe in Jesus, the lost, if you will. And demographically, we know that the people that are in this geographic area are generally growing the young families with children and people who are baby boomers and in their autumn years. So how is it that we can connect with them? One person, two, or more. We pray the Holy Spirit will guide us and will bless us so that we are able to speak and share the love of Jesus and those who are yet to hear and believe in him will do so. Jesus loves all sinners, like you, like me, and like them. And someone once asked the question, how much did Jesus love sinners? He held out his arms this much to show them to show us how much he loved us. How blessed we are to believe in that one who has come to show his love to us and enables us to share that love with others. May God bless our ministry as we share that love. Amen.